Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus didn't care that she was a sinner and living in sin. He didn't care at all. I want you to think that reputation of this woman in a little teeny town. We're not talking about Brevard County. I'm talking about a little village. Married and divorced five times. Living with a guy. What was she doing? She was looking for purpose and meaning. Every single road she went down, dead end. And that's why she began to understand there's something that life can't provide. If you read the Gospels closely, you'll see that Jesus seemed very unconventional to the religious leaders of his day. He went places they wouldn't go, hung out with people they would never be seen with, and was unafraid to buck traditions or to reject them outright. He did all of this while being led by the Holy Spirit, and many times after whole nights spent in prayer. Pastor Mark will be illustrating that Jesus, whose life was intended to be a template for every Christ follower, lived not for himself, but to please his Father. Pastor Mark will help you to see that if you're going to follow Jesus, this has to be your focus too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of John chapter 4 as he continues his message, Led by the Holy Spirit. Let us hear your lessons Now, look at verse 16 to 20. Let me just say this to you. Jesus starts to build a bridge with this woman. He asks her for a drink, physical water. And she misunderstands. And she says, you don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope long enough. I can't do it. What what are you you crazy? You're talking to a Samaritan. And he's beginning to transfer. He says, if you knew who you were talking to, I'm the Messiah. I can give you living water. And she mistakes that like... Oh, there's an automatic thing that brings the water up, a living water? I'll take it. I never have to come back here again and pull this thing up all the time. No, he said, no, no, no. It's a relationship with the living God. I'm the Messiah. If you knew who I was, you would want that water. So he begins to work that bridge, and gently he says to her, look at verse 16. He told her, as they're working together, go call your husband and come back. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said to her, right on. You're exactly right. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And you've been divorced five times. And the man you now have is not your husband. You're living in sexual immorality. What you have just said is quite true, sir. The woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Now, what was happening there? Well, Jesus was trying to show her that he was God. Now, who told Jesus these details since he never met her before in his life? The Holy Spirit. It's called the spirit of discernment. Later on in the series, we'll get through all the gifts 
of the spirit, all kinds of gifts, discernment, wisdom, knowledge, speaking in tongues, interpretation, all those kind of things. We'll get to that later. There's what the Holy Spirit, he gave Jesus, who was a man anointed, every detail of her life. And she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. How could you do that? Notice, you must be a prophet. Well, he was. He was actually more than that. He was Jesus. Now, as Jesus is trying to get her to understand the spiritual water, the disciples return. And they're shocked by seeing Jesus talking to this woman. And eventually, she makes this amazing principle. You told me everything. You, I think maybe you're the Messiah. Now, what did the disciples learn when Jesus retold the story, remember they were gone. So he'd have to tell much of the story. They see the ending of it. They just didn't know the beginning. Now, what did the disciples learn? And what, you have your sandals on. What can we learn from this? I don't want you to copy these. I'll have three of these today. I don't want you to copy these things. Can you see the words? Don't copy. It's just for you and I to learn. And then I'll have one thing in every one of these stories to copy. Got it? Okay. What did the disciples learn? What are we learning from this? Jesus didn't care that she was a Samaritan. He didn't care she was a Samaritan. He was led there to her. Number two, Jesus didn't care that she was a woman. Now, that's really out of bounds for Jewish men to talk to women. He didn't care. Number three, Jesus didn't care that she was a sinner and living in sin. He didn't care at all. Now, I want you to think that reputation of this woman in a little teeny town. We're not talking about Brevard County. I'm talking about a little village. Married and divorced five times. Living with a guy. What was she doing? She was looking for purpose and meaning. Every single road she went down, dead end. And that's why she began to understand there's something that life can't provide. Can I remind you this morning, you'll never find purpose and meaning in your life until you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Never. I don't care where you go. You will never find it. You'll never find it. Some of you here today, maybe not a lifestyle like that, but you're going to discover that what you've been trying to fill your life with won't work. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what brings us purpose and meaning. Now, here's what I want you to copy. And I want everybody to copy this because of our stupid newspapers and all the crud in the United States and the political stuff. You know, I never get involved with that stuff because I just try to keep it right on. But this, you need to understand. What was Jesus doing when he crossed these borders? Here it is. Write it down. Jesus crossed and eliminated racial cultural, gender, and religious borders. A few months back, maybe six weeks, whatever it is, the Florida paper called and said, would you do a little article on Martin Luther King or whatever? Because all the different qualities stuff. I went, well, I'm not really a political kind of person. I'll write something, but I just say, God, what, what should I write? I'm sure they won't put it in. So I wrote something. Here's what I said. God is not a respecter of persons. We teach the Bible at Calvary Chapel. And every person was created in the very image of God. So that simply means that every single person in this world has value. And it's a very personal thing for them. They're made in the image of God. Think about the cultural stuff that goes around here. Think about all the stuff that go there. Created in the image of God, we're all equal. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, You're no better than me. Come on, tell him right now. You're no better than me. Now, when you said that, did you look at their color? Did you ask them what nation they came from? Do you have a PhD or you just have a high school diploma? Who cares? 
you have to understand, and I put in there, I said at the end of that article, this is not just what we teach because it's the Bible, but we practice it at CCM. Anybody's welcome to our church. Anybody. Now, why would that be? Because we're all equal. Could I ask you, if the woman came in or a man came in, been married and divorced five times, they're living in sin, are they welcome on our church? Of course they are. Now, you're not going to put them in leadership day one, but they're welcome to our church. Do you know what? They put it in the newspaper. Now, I don't get the newspaper. I don't think hardly anybody gets the newspaper. So that's why I told you. You wouldn't have read it. (laughs) But is that true or not? That's the way our church is. That's the way our world should operate. I don't care about your skin. I don't care where you came from. I don't care about your background. I don't care if you're young or old. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. We're all equal because we're made in the image of God. So if you're prejudiced, that's your problem. And that's sinful. Serious. Done. Finished. Okay. That was worth some money. I'm preaching good right there. I'm preaching good right there. All right. Now. So what happens in this story? The woman goes back to the town. She leaves her water bucket. That's where she came. She just leaves it. Goes back to town and she tells the town. And basically she says, I think I met somebody who could be the Christ. And then the people came out from the town to meet Jesus. Look at verse 40. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. And long enough for many more to hear the message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because we heard what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed, look at this, the savior of the world. Wow. They went from a false religion to Jesus being the savior of the world. Now, why would God, through the Holy Spirit, direct Jesus through the Samaria? Why would he go outside of boundaries for one woman who was even a Samaritan? Why? Because God loves everyone. Would you write this? You just need to understand this. God loves lost people, even one. It doesn't matter where they're from, what race, nationality, just one. And see, sometimes we mix that up. It's got to be lots of people. Pastor Mark, I just can't name, witness to a friend, a neighbor. Half the time when I witness, they're not interested. Well, that's okay. Plant a seed. Somebody else waters it. God gives the increase. People come to Christ. We're not responsible for that. We're just responsible when God says, I want you to go across the street to a neighbor, to a friend at work to a schoolmate, to somebody on the soccer field. And if he opens the door, just be friendly. Start sharing with them the good things of God. All that we learned, we had to take our shoes off in church. It was fantastic. Just love on them. Now, what do you see when this woman comes to Christ? The value of that one woman, what did the disciples learn? One person coming to Christ is worth it. Just one. But what happened when she came to Christ? The whole town came out and a majority of the town came to Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. See, we could have never guessed that. But the Holy Spirit had more to do. But it started with 
One. You can't hear Jesus say, well, I'm not going there. There's only going to be one woman there. That's what you told me. But one woman is a waste of my time. No, it's not a waste of our time. I hope you're learning this. One lost person matters to God. One. And you never know what's going to happen after that. That's the exciting thing. Now, let me ask you another question. What if Jesus had refused to obey the Holy Spirit and refused to go to Samaria and went around? What would the result be? Zero. No woman saved. No woman finally finding purpose in life. No town impacted by the gospel. Zero. Well, let me make it more personal to me and you. What is the outcome if we refuse to step out in faith and trust God? It's the same. We've all done it. But I'm going to want you to write this next step down. A life without borders equals ventures of faith. See, ventures of faith. Well, God, tell me what's going to happen if I obey you. Oh, he doesn't do that. He just wants us to obey him. And as Charles Stanley says, just obey God and leave the consequences with him. Amen? So Jesus just went. The disciples were learning that. We can't figure out what's down the road, but we're just going to do what God says and we'll let him take care of the circumstances. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 8. You're not far. Luke chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So just sneak right back. Good to hear your Bible's turning. Way to go. Now they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes. Jesus was with his disciples in a boat, which is across the lake from Galilee. Now let me show you a picture. This would be basically Israel, still pretty much Israel today like this. Now, we're kind of more in the north now. And there's the Sea of Galilee. And you can see Tiberias. That's where we stay when we go on our trips. And as you see up to the top in the red, on the left-hand side, you see the word Capernaum. That's the place where Jesus established ministry. Remember, when he went to his hometown, Nazareth, they didn't want him. So he moved to this city. That was his base there in the north, Capernaum. Now, all the people on this side with Capernaum and all that Tiberias, they're Jewish people. Now, the other side, look right in the middle, Kind of with, you see the garrison territory in green. Those people were all Gentiles. Jews didn't mix with Gentiles. Gentiles didn't mix with Druze. They would have false religions and all kinds of stuff. So Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples and he heads over to that Gentile area, which really is off bounds. You don't do that. You don't go there. Now, who sent Jesus across that sea to the Gentile area? The Holy Spirit did. You know, Jesus didn't say, hey guys, feel like a boat ride today. Let's just go see what happens. No, he was led right there. And they're thinking, okay, here we go again. Jesus, this is out of bounds. We don't do that. We don't go to Gentile area. They're pagans. Well, watch verse 27. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes, lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs 
And when he saw Jesus, he cried out. Now, this is not him. These are the demons in this man. He cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of that man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept on the guard, he had broken the chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. The minute Jesus got on shore, he knew Satan's power was present. This man was demon possessed and no one could help him. And Jesus says to this man, look at verse 30, what is your name? And the demon replied, Legion. He replied, because many demons had gone into him. There were many demons in this man. And they begged Jesus, look at verse 31, repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss, which is hell. It's the end. Now, I want you to look at me just for something. I want you to see how amazing this is. These demons believe that Jesus was the son of God. You believe that? They believe that Jesus was the son of God. They also knew he had all power and authority. Don't send us to hell. We know that's where we're going in the end. Don't do it now. I want you to think about this. Where did they know that they were going to go to hell? Because the Bible teaches that. So here's demons who know Jesus is the son of God. And because of the Bible, they're going to end up in hell forever. Now, that's amazing to me because most unbelievers don't believe either one. But the demons knew it. Most unbelievers don't believe Jesus is God. Most unbelievers, hell, are you kidding? There's no such thing as hell. Isn't that amazing to you? Now, why do unbelievers not believe those two things? Because Corinthians says Satan has blinded their eyes to the truth. Well, what unblinds their eyes? The word of God, the Holy Spirit. Guaranteed there's people here. You might say, well, I know there's a Jesus, but you're not too much in eternity. Hell, I don't really believe that, Pastor Mark. I want to say this in a kind way. I don't want anybody laughing. Ten minutes after you die, oh, you will believe in hell. But it's too late. It's too late. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. I did two funerals last week. In a funeral, I always talk to the people because their loved one, there's a casket or some, an urn, more urns today than caskets. And then there's always pictures. And here's what I tell the people that are there because there's always unbelievers. I say to them, one day, that'll be your picture by your urn or your casket. See, nobody's stupid enough to say, I'll never die. We're all going to die. So then I challenge him in a loving way. When that's yours, where are you spending eternity? See, there's only two places. The demon knew they were going to hell. By the way, hell was not made for people. It was made for Satan and demons. But if you choose to refuse the only way to God, that's your destination. And so I want to challenge you here. Today's the day to see the truth. Amazing. Don't be foolish when the demons knew their destiny and they knew who Jesus Christ was. Now, Jesus cast out the demon and it was reported to the people in the area. Look at verse 35. 
And when they came, all the people, by the way, look at me for a second. Jesus cast all the demons out of the man, put him into pigs. Pigs ran into the sea and drowned. Of course, those demons will go back to other animals or people. But the owners of the pig, it's, it's verse 35. When they came to find Jesus, they found the man whom was demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were so much afraid that they said this to Jesus. Get out of here. Now, why would you ask somebody to leave when this man who they knew about was totally changed. Well, they were thinking about what? Money, not spiritual things. Verse 36, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what the disciples, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to change this man who had no hope. He wasn't running wildly. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He wasn't naked. He was dressed. He wasn't deranged. His mind was as clear as your mind. And instead of hopeless, he had hope for the first time in his life. Why? Because Jesus is the hope of the world. And you'll never have hope without Jesus. It's a great picture of salvation. You know this verse well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has become. This is what happens to anyone who will accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. God comes, delivers them from sin, from a former bondage. And I don't know, there's people here that are in bondages and all kinds of things, relationships that aren't healthy. God delivers us from all of those things. And when we accept Christ, the past is in the past. And you get a brand new start. So think about that. Now look at verse 38. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. Wouldn't you? Hello, if Jesus just freed me, I'm going to travel with Jesus. This is like great. But look at this. But Jesus sent him away. Verse 39. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town, including his family, how much Jesus had done for him. You see, the the free man didn't understand. Jesus said, look, there's no Christians. There's no followers of Jesus in this side of the lake. You're the only one. So I want you to leave here and you start sharing with your family everything that I have done. My ultimate goal is as you share and people look at your life, more people will come to Christ. So what did the disciples learn there? What did you learn by watching this? You have your sandals on. The disciples learned and we learned God's power can change any life and give them hope for a new start. Some of you are here and you'll be counseling ministry people. No, I'm a drug addict and had this and all these kind of things. Uh, it's, it's too much. Pastor Mark, God can't save me. My friends, God can save anybody. You just saw it. Legions of demons. If legions of demons have to obey his word, relax. Your past is in the past and your sins will be covered. Today, Pastor Mark taught how going against the culture can be beneficial to the kingdom of God and for unregenerated people you were able to see that God loved this woman so much that he was willing to incur the wrath of the religious leaders to reach out to this woman. Her salvation experience was a direct result of Jesus' willingness to go where the Holy Spirit told him to go. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude another section of his teaching, Led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus will travel into another area of Israel that the religious leadership would never travel, but that had people in it that God wanted to touch. You'll learn about the importance of being willing to follow God via the Holy Spirit's leading wherever He wants you to go. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Led by the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.